Welcome to Politicus, the only podcast that discusses politics and public service from the Portuguese American perspective. Here we discuss everything from federal policy, local issues, and U.S. Portugal relations with the goal of driving more discussion and awareness of the issues affecting our nation, our community, and what we as Portuguese Americans can do about it. And now, Politicus. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Politicus. My name is Angela Samos, and I'm here with my esteemed co-host, Denise Borges. How are you, Denise? I'm fantastically well now that I'm, of course, with the best uh, host of podcasts in the <laughs> Portuguese universe. Um, I'm doing well. It's been a while since we've recorded one of these, and I feel like COVID just turned everything on its head and we became more busy with everything else. And, and so we hadn't recorded in a, in a long time, but it's good to be back. It is. And we have a schedule, uh, five or six already. Uh, yeah, quite for a the schedule. Next few weeks. So, yeah. so uh, hopefully folks will be uh, tuning in and uh, knowing that it is not just a once in a lifetime event. It will be repeated <laughs> here probably yes. every couple of weeks. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so to kick off our 2023 series, we have Andrea Martins, who is the creative director of Post Armada Agency. Welcome, Andre. Hi, welcome. Thank you very much for having me today. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and Post Armada and the work that you've been doing, and then we can get into some other discussion topics. Awesome. So a little bit of myself is I recently moved to the U.S. six years ago in 2017, and I landed in D.C., so as you can imagine, political cycles and everything came together, and I got an in-depth uh, insight of what's happening in politics. And, and for me, crash, it was... Crash course? It was a crash course. <laughs> it, it was 2018, everything after the 2016 election, everybody was agitated. So for me, it was like, okay, let's let's get our hands dirty and work on this. And it was like a pleasure to work in 2018. Since then, I've been working with other, other super PACs, campaigns, and it's been an honor to, to work in. And last year, I had my first experience of working with a Portuguese-American candidate, which is, his name is Mike Silva. So it's always a pleasure to help these, these small candidates to make an impact in our community. And talk a little bit about the work that Post Armada does. Are you a campaign consultant? I'm a creative consultant. Basically, what I do is we we help candidates pass their message that resonates with their communities. And because the U.S. is such a diverse country, we have to be able to communicate with, of course, our Portuguese American community, but we also have to to be able to communicate with African Americans, with uh, Hispanics, with white suburban Americans. It's like, it's it's very complicated because it's not an easy way to communicate with all of them, but we try our best to have creative solutions that help our candidates. And so that's that's basically in 2018, what happened with me was like, I got sucked into Florida politics, which is mm-hmm. like mostly Hispanic. And because we kind of like have a connection with Spain. I, I I speak Spanish as well. It was easy for me to to tackle with the Hispanic Hispanic community, and there I had the chance to work with some candidates, and uh, it it was it was a great experience. A couple of things come to mind. So first, as a communications professional myself, I will say 
I often watch whether it's somebody giving a speech or somebody responding to questions from the press. And I often think, oh, their PR team just did not do a good job in training them or, or crafting the message. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little about things that have worked when communicating with, I would say, ethnic audiences, right? And then the other thing that comes to mind, and I don't know if it was something that you were familiar with before you came to the U.S., but identity politics, which is a you know a big point yeah. of contention with a lot of people. So I don't know if you want to touch on that. If not, I understand. But, yeah, um... it's it's hard to touch <laughs> for me. It's very hard to touch for me. But uh, yeah, it, it's 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 quite interesting because I think we live in an age where media is it's so abundant and we get so many stimulation in we open facebook and we have 20 ads and basically what i do is it's uh, digital ads and tv ads and we get such an abundance of messages that we Mm -hmm. get overwhelmed and then when we mix with sometimes like whatsapp and misinformation sometimes tackling it's it's really hard to create a message that it's getting more challenging challenging right now to create a message that candidates can resonate with their community so to give a bit a small background of of what we do it's it's basically we get the data of which uh, voters are still on the balance and and still kind of they don't know who, who to vote for and then we get basically create a message specifically targeting them so we can swing their vote our side and i'll give you another example for Mike Silva uh, last year, was, which was like a, a candidate in, in Newark in Eastward, we tried to connect. We, we already knew that the Portuguese American community was strongly favoring him, but mm-hmm. we also need to gather other style of voters. And, and that it's, it's, it, it's very tricky. And, and, and if we, of course, like when we see a, a Portuguese American running for office, we always try to support him because it's a little bit of our country there, but we need to be able to, I think the, the message here is how we have to broaden a, a little bit, but also target other communities and try to make a connection that we are very similar culturally wise and then connect with the other like and when I'm saying African American, Hispanic communities that and and we try to get their votes to our candidates. So it's a very fine balance of getting votes our way, but it's very important for candidates to know that Portuguese Americans are important, but also where we are and other communities in their in in their ward, in this case in Eastward. So it was it was very interesting working with this candidate. You touched upon a very interesting topic there, uh, Andre, which is uh, dear to my heart, which is having connections in a multicultural society such as ours. And some states, of course, are more more multicultural than others, but certainly the tri-state area of uh, New York, Newark, Connecticut, the New England states, and of course, California out here in the West are very uh, much multicultural states. And so... In order to win, for example, in California, many of the elections, even at a local level, because we do not have the large concentration that, for example, a particular area in Newark, New Jersey or Elizabeth, New Jersey has. In California, there are very, very few 
Portuguese uh, quote-unquote neighborhoods anymore. And so people uh, are blended in into the multicultural system. So you have to tie in to all the other ethnic groups. And we have, for example, one of our Portuguese-American congressmen, Jim Costa, who is in a very Hispanic community. And he is basically elected because of the Hispanic community. He's been able to connect his Portuguese uh, heritage with the Hispanic community. So more and more... Portuguese candidates may have some Portuguese in their areas, you know, especially if they're going for a statewide or national office, but that percentage will not give them the votes to win an election. They have to form different kinds of coalitions. So is this the kind of work that as a creative director, you look towards building the message that entices and brings together these coalitions? Exactly. That's basically what we do because, and because I landed and I went straight to Florida and I got, and my wife, she's Puerto Rican. So I understand the, the Hispanic community very well. And for me, it was, was quite interesting to see the similarities we have as culturally, because we are very family oriented. And, and I think it's very important for our candidates to be able to transition outside of our heritage, Portuguese heritage, and also resonate, create a message that resonates with the Hispanic community because they are going to be, they are almost 23% of the US in the census, I believe it was 23% or 21. Mm-hmm. And they are a big part of the voters, upcoming voters in the next 10 to 20 years. So we have to resonate outside of our communities and connect our message with them so our candidates can also have a fighting chance, if I have to say. So demographics is very important here. And and our Portuguese-American demographics, it's not as strong, of course, but as as we have a, a lot of similarities with other communities. And if we can pass the message of those similarities, I think we can gain a lot of power and momentum. How, how easy, if, of course it isn't easy, but... Is it much of a challenge or because there are some similarities, especially with the Hispanic community, with the Latinx community, is this something that candidates are open to doing it? Obviously, if they want to get elected, they must be. But are these similarities very challenging to work with or not? It's not very hard to work with. I, I always say we are all under the same sun, so we all have similarities. And and basically, Hispanic community and has uh, family is the first thing for the Hispanic community in Portuguese, Portuguese Americans and Portuguese. We are also very family oriented. So that's one of the things. The other thing it's like, I, I always say, when you have a genuine candidate that can pass a message and, and be a part of their community and not be just focused on, on the Portuguese American, we can always say like, yeah, we are going to support the Portuguese American community, but we have to make an effort to support these other communities that are in also their voters. So it's it's a matter of connecting with the communities on the ground level, because mm-hmm. I, we can do we can do a lot of work on, on videos and, and that's what basically I, I do. But I know that the majority of the work has to be on the ground level. Candidates need to be on the ground level, going to these communities, making an effort to talk with them in their language if they can. That's like that's a major bonus for, for a candidate, like if they can speak uh, or try to speak Portuñol, which is they understand <laughs> us. They understand us if we speak Portuñol. But if 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 we can do it and if we on the ground level, I think it's the most important thing. And then on my side as a creative director, I try to just 
connect all of the communities and make it a more, you know, like this candidate supports all the ethnic communities in, in, in their precinct or or in their state or whatever. And it's just it's just a matter of the 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 work. It's it's and then and then we go to the campaign manager on the people that are on the on the ground. They have to be very connected, very well connected with the, their communities. So it's always a, a tough work for us on this side. And that's that was basically my point. Tying up all these ethnic communities, bringing in because America is divided into, you know, the various ethnicities, some that yeah. in Portugal, people don't understand when I talk about the Portuguese ethnic presence in California, the people in Portugal tell me we're not an ethnic group, we're a nation where, you know, so it's, you know, you have to obviously look at it with an American lens. And so tying it, as you mentioned, because of the multicultural aspects of most of our nation, of course, it's wise to go to the Hispanic community that, as you mentioned, nationwide, you know, is, you know, uh, co close to a quarter. But uh, there are, of course, multiple ethnicities, you know, the Asian American community and the African American community and other communities as well. Can a, a Portuguese American community find uh, connections beyond the Hispanic community in your perspective? That's usually what I say. It's the million dollar question, because. Like even for us, I, I'll give you an example. When I'm communicating with the Hispanic, Hispanic community, it's very hard to communicate. For instance, it's broadly, you know, like because Puerto Ricans are a very different culture than Cubans, you know, or Salvadorians and Ecuadorians are very di different. Bolivians and Venezuelans, Venezuelans. So it's the million dollar question to how I can communicate, for instance, just for the Hispanic community, that all of them can understand the message and resonate with the message. So it's even harder for a Portuguese American sure. to, to to go there. But I think I think it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. It just it just needs like as you said, even the Asian American community and other and, and other other communities. It's it's a way of of targeting and, and that's what we do in the ground level. We know the demographics we know where the demographics is shifting and then we target the message to our side a little bit and and again all all the messages have to be sometimes it's just we are targeting like a thousand votes because we know it's going to shift a thousand votes and we have to be very strategic how we approach the message what is the what is the nationality of the voters where is the area and sometimes we just do like targeting uh, digital ads for that specific area so we can shift it towards more this. So it's it's a very complex, but like we need to train ourselves more on the ground level mm -hmm. and we need to get this message on ours because if I don't get that message, I don't know what's happening on the ground level. Mm -hmm. I'm totally blind and I don't know because we are working with so many candidates. Sometimes it's so complicated to understand who do we need to target and how we need to create a message for that specific group. But it's it, basically what you're asking me. It's the million dollar question. And hopefully one day I have the answer, but it's, it's a very hard way to, to target all of these communities, but it's, it's, it's challenging, but it's fun. But so yeah, I would say that it was, uh, 
you mentioned an important point. There are m- many differences between Bolivians and Argentinians and, of course, and, and the Puerto Ricans, etc. But they've all unified under the Latinx, you know, even if, with their differences. And they're all not and they're not all, you know, of one political persuasion or another. You know, it's it's yeah. a, it's a fallacy to say that all Hispanics are Democrat or all the Hispanics are Republicans. And we do that in the Portuguese American community. We say all Portuguese yeah. are this or all Portuguese mm-hmm. are that. And actually, Angela and, and Palcos has done a real good job. With um, you know a, a survey that we put forth at a national level that showed that we are not uh, <laughs> we are not all this or we are not all that. We're not all that. Yeah, yeah we are basically so pretty much fall in line with the national picture of the uh, of of our of our nation. If we're in a red state, there are probably more uh, Republicans, Portuguese, and there are Democrats. But that's what happens, you know, in a red state. Exactly. And, exactly. and it's the same thing in a blue state. And in the blue states. It, it's the same thing here in California. You know, California is a very blue state, and we're pretty much divided. We're about the same, according to the numbers that our California Portuguese American Coalition and Palcos have. We're pretty much in line with the, with the community. But, you know, in certain parts of the central San Joaquin Valley, which is a very conservative area, then there are more con- uh, Republicans in general, and that means that there are more Republicans in the Portuguese community as well. So would we, in the Portuguese American community, be better off, and this is a, a question that I've dealt with a long time, we'll be better off identifying more with a major group like the, like the Hispanic community, or do we keep ourselves in a lonely position of one and a half million people compared to, you know, <laughs> compared to a hundred million people? Because uh, even with native speakers, even with speakers of the Portuguese language and those who are not speakers, but are of that ethnicity. You know, Angela and I have had this conversation before and with other Palcos folks as well, which is we keep, you know, we're one and a half million supposedly Portuguese Americans in, in the United States, but then there are almost 2 million Brazilians and there's about, you know, a little over half a million Cape Verdeans and everything else. Even, even if we were just Lusos, although that Lusophone world sometimes is not known in the American world, but that would give us five million. That's a bit better yeah. than a million and a half. Mm-hmm. But we don't even identify as that. So my question would be, do we, as a political group, as a group that wants to have some political clout, and obviously political clout comes a lot of, from many ways, and you know that very well, uh, Andre, which, you know, yes. it's, it's not yeah. just votes, it's money, you know, it's inf- influence and a lot of other things. And so, and I think we do have to go more into that money and influence bit because we're only a, a million and a half throughout the, the United States. So would we be better off associating with the Hispanic community? I, I totally believe so. I think, I think as, as you said, strength is in the numbers and our numbers are not that strong. And the thing is, most of the times we have the same issues and most of the times we want the same type of leaders. And this is a nation of immigrants and Hispanics are very similar to us when when we had like a big community from Azores coming to Portugal. It's it's a lot of similarities. If we if we see the, the, the similarities, they are all there. And why not? We have the same understanding of values. We we sometimes feel like a we feel sometimes like a minority in this country. And I think the strengths they have in numbers and also like sometimes we 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 have very similar uh, dissimilarities we can join them together and get get instead of like 1.5 we can get like 22 or 23 or 5, 25 million people 
supporting us because language like of course you said like the brazilian communities two million cape verdian all of these are important for us but we are never going to to make it a dent uh, demographically when we are talking about these states and if we need if we need to win and and i think you gave the, the uh, example from jim costa we need to get votes outside of our communities because those those are already going to vote for us those are the the easy votes the other votes are the ones that are the hardest ones and we need to be able to to send a message to them that we are all in the same literally boat so it's yeah it's important and, for us and i promise now i'll get it to angela but i do think <laughs> you, you mentioned two things there the brazilian and the cape Verdean community and i think it's important for folks to know that the folks i've been in contact with and i know angela has as well in the Brazilian community, many of them identify as as Hispanic, you know, because yeah. they're actually they are considered Hispanic because they're from South America. All of South America, whether they speak Portuguese or or Spanish, is considered Hispanic. And so, many many Brazilians consider themselves under the umbrella of Hispanic, and many Cape Verdeans consider themselves on the umbrella of African American. Obviously, yeah. So we have that dilemma as well, you know, that we that we need to put out because that's a reality, actually. So and and so, sorry, just to 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 add to that one. Brazilian Brazilian Americans, I see it all the time. The way we communicate with Brazilian Americans or with Hispanic Americans is very similar. And and I see it, and I agree with you. I see it. They are more Hispanic than other thing else. So so we have to always account all of these nationalities. And yeah, it's it's going to be important for us to, in the future if we want to win in our communities. Sorry, Angela. No, no, that's okay. Just so much has been touched on that we do not have enough time in this podcast <laughs> to explore <laughs> all of it. I mean, the idea of whether or not the the Portuguese should be included with the Hispanic. I mean, that's been such a, a long standing debate within the community, and and it's pretty split down the center, right? I mean, we did yeah. a survey gosh, over 10 years ago of the community, we had over 8,000 responses about whether or not Portuguese should be um, included in the Hispanic category, specifically for the census. And overwhelmingly, I I think it was like 84% came back and said that they did not think that we should we should do that. And I think the concern is that because we are such a small group, we would that we would get just not usurped is the word, but absorbed and then yeah. eventually Ag- dissipated right like that we would then just disappear right so i think that's a valid concern but yeah. then there's the really excellent point that you have the cape verdean and the brazilian communities and even the mccann's community here in california which is very very small but still they they are active right so i, I don't know what the answer is for that but i i think that there should be stronger connections with the hispanic community because as you we have all said here there's a lot of similarities and and i think the one thing that i really would like to to get your opinion on is you know you talked about the similarities between the portuguese and the hispanic communities as far as like being very family oriented and some of the issues are are similar that we care about what are some of those issues that you have found are important to both communities because something that we always discuss at palcas is the what's the portuguese american agenda right when we encourage other Portuguese Americans to run for office. You know, we tell them that it's important for us to have more representation at all political levels, you know, from the school board all the way up to the federal. And then they kind of say, well, why? What am I going to do for the community? And so we are tasked with kind of helping them identify what 
they can do to help our community. And one of those things is language, right? Making sure that yeah. there are more Portuguese language classes in public schools and, and throughout all levels of education. So that's one item, but I'm curious as to what you see are some agenda items that are similar between the Portuguese community and Hispanic and maybe other ethnic communities. Yeah. So, so you tackled the, the first one that I know it resonates on both sides, which is education. Education for our kids, it's always, always the, the consensus we have. And healthcare as well is one of the, the two. But recently, because of what happened in the previous year, the economic side is the most important. So 2022, 2023, jobs is, is on everyone's minds. Uh, recession uh, is also on everyone's minds. So because like Hispanics are probably Hispanic communities are, are are more affected by these economic uh, changes and Portuguese Americans are a little bit more as well concerned about this. I think jobs, economic and education are, are the three key points that we can all get together and agree on. And, and as, you just, as you just said, education for our kids, like, Portuguese speaking classes would be great. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, I think one of the, the, the things that I was a shock for me, and I understand because it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's not only in the US, it's also in France. Everything is like, I, I notice a lot of people have issues speaking are, are like, they don't know how to speak properly Portuguese or they are not you know, connected with the community anymore. And they just don't speak Portuguese that often. So it's 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 a challenge. I, I noticed that it can become a challenge when you speak with this younger generation of Portuguese Americans. But this is not only a, a Portuguese Portuguese issue. It's it's also an Hispanic issue mm -hmm. because like younger generations of of Hispanics also don't speak very well Spanish. So it's mm -hmm. it's everybody is getting blended into the English language. But I do think that if we wanna if we wanna connect with our communities, the, the having more classes in, in Portuguese and education. And that's something that our candidates can always address is like education has to be the priority and we need to have other languages besides English and Spanish. Portuguese should be there as well. And also like the, I don't know how 2023 is going to be. I'm already planning for 2024 and hopefully economic, the economical downturn is not that bad. But that's going to be on everyone's minds moving forward. So Portuguese mm -hmm. communities and Hispanic communities have that similarity as well. Interesting. So we are coming to uh, the end of our, our podcast. So one of the goals of our podcast is to inspire and encourage other Portuguese Americans to consider running for office and maybe or or getting involved in the political process in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't necessarily have to be running for office, but maybe it's volunteering for a campaign or or going to work at the city level or or something like that, right? Just to, to or, get or being a creative director. director. Yes, <laughs> at an agency, right? Yeah, at an agency. Exactly. So yeah. um, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's thinking about it? Maybe they think that they don't have what it takes or they're a little intimidated. I, I don't know. But what would you say to somebody who's thinking about going down this path? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. 
because one of the reasons why I started working in this was representation. And, and I think moving forward, I think if I had to say to, to our listeners is, I think we have to be able to represent our communities and Portuguese American communities throughout the US. I think every work that we do, it's, it's important, even if it's just being on the ground, knocking on the doors or just doing some phone calls and getting votes or as you said, becoming a creative director and having an agency. It's, it's it, every little bit we can do. It's important for, for our communities and representation matters. So we have to be represented in all types of governments. We have to, if, if you're running for office, it's going to be very challenging, but it's going to be very rewarding and, and um, we need it. We need it more than ever. And as you just said, it's 1.5 million, but if we can have like 5% of that engaged in as a part-time or knocking on doors and doing that, it's going to make a difference in how we our community grows moving forward. So hopefully we can have better numbers in, in the future of engagement, being more active in politics and uh, having more candidates. I think that's crucial, having more quality candidates running for office. And hopefully... In 2024, I can see some, and hopefully I can work with some of them as well. Excellent. And actually, one last bit of advice for actual candidates, so people who have made the decision to to run for office as a creative director, communications expert, any tips, you know, if you're going to do one thing, make sure you do this. And if you avoid doing one thing, don't do this. I, I think the only the only tip I always give to candidates is just be themselves. It's it's in this day and age we are being so bombarded with so, so much information and some of, sometimes it's misinformation and it's very easy to get misinformed. But people know and people understand what is a true and genuine candidate, and if they are fighting for for the communities, I think my piece of advice is more boots on the ground and talk with the people, sit down with the people, understand what are the needs of the, the communities, all, all communities, not only our Portuguese American communities, be engaged with all types of communities. And in the end of the day, just be a genuine, caring person. And after that, it's very easy. My job as a creative director is, is done. It's like once you have a, a, a genuine candidate running for office, the votes are there. All the work is mm -hmm. done. So Indeed, and don't, yeah, and don't yeah. don't sweep things under the rug, correct? Exactly. Right. Don't hide yeah. anything. Yeah. Just be honest. Now, people, nowadays, every, everybody's a cell phone and everybody's a journalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody exactly. And in in community, sees it. The communities are always on Facebook, are always connected, and are always seeing what the candidates candidates are doing. And yeah, and and message passes passes very very fast between people. So. My job is 90% done when the candidate is on the ground doing his work and connecting with the community. Well, this has been really great. Thank you so much, Andre. Um, Thank you. Some really great insights. I, I, and I think there's so much more to talk about that we may need to have you back Awesome. You know, on the podcast, maybe after a, a round of elections and we can analyze who did what, <laughs> who did what well exactly. and, and not so well, that sort of thing. But um Ex Exactly. 
hopefully, ho- hopefully 2024, I'll, I'll have some insights, information of what happened. Yeah, oh. but it would also be interesting to have and maybe, you know, uh, at a future date, uh, uh, Palkus and a couple of organizations that, you know, work together uh, and do some t- sometimes some debates and, and, and it'd be great to have you on a panel to discuss this act, this uh, multiculturalism and how we fit into all of it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. a, I think it's a debate that younger Portuguese Americans, and you brought that up, Andre, younger Portuguese Americans have a different take than their parents did, certainly diff- yeah. much different than their grandparents did. The other thing is, of course, they're Portuguese Americans, but they're more American than they are Portuguese because it's yeah. you know, their third or fourth generation. And even as Angela put it, you know, we had that survey about 10, you know, 11 years ago, but I think if we have the same survey 10, 15, or even today, but especially if we have it in the next five or six or 10 years, I think it'll be much different because we have a lot more multicultural marriages than we did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, I would love I would love to join you guys. Uh, yeah, I would love to talk more about this in the future because it's something that I'm very passionate about. Excellent. Well, we thank you again for your time, Andre, and I uh, look you. forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Denise, awesome. as thank always. You. Thank you, Denise. For your... And uh, thank you, everyone out there who listened, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't subscribed to the Palkus podcast channel, please do so. Um, You can subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you listen to uh, your your podcast. Please share the conversation with family and friends so that we get more people engaged in talking about how we can become more involved in the political and civic uh, civically active process. And if you haven't become a Palkus member, we encourage you to do so as well, because your membership allows us to produce these podcasts and, and provide it as a service to the community. And you can join by going to www.palkus.org and clicking on join Palkus. So with that, we thank you all. And until next time, thank you very thank much. You everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Politicus the official podcast of PALCUS, the Portuguese American Leadership Council of the United States. PALCUS is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community at large. To learn more about PALCUS and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palcus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palcus@palcus.org. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palkus.